reminding people that regardless of what it is that's going on externally in the world, that there is a place that you can navigate the personal pieces, the work pieces, the interpersonal dynamics and figuring out what else is there that maybe I need to reconsider as a part of what I think is normal or a part of my imperfect allyship. I think that really planting those seeds for that to be there was something that we were very, very aware of. It can seem like celebrity entrepreneurs won the jackpot, but there's more to this story. Behind the Blockbuster coaching programs, offers, and live events are stories of careful development, fixed mistakes, and strategy. On this season of the Coach Pony podcast, I'm sitting down with successful business owners to ask them, how do you build that? I'll talk to a wide range of coaches and leaders, digging into how it all started, what they learned, and what you should know if you want to play a similar game. And with that, let's get down to business. Today, our guests are Erica Corday and India Jackson from Pause on the Play, a community hub of professionals and entrepreneurs connecting at the intersection of values and visibility. We'll dive into how they got started and how they grew their membership business. Erica and India, you are the next guests on the Coach Pony Podcast. Come on down. Welcome, Erica and India, to the podcast. I am so glad you guys are here. I have been really looking forward to this podcast because the community that you guys have created uh, is so awesome and interesting to me. So Pause in the Play is a community. It's a hub of professionals and entrepreneurs connecting at the intersection of values and visibility. And I think what you are providing is really, really interesting. So I want to dive into how you built it. Where did you get the idea to do this? Talk about the day, time, and what kind of prompted this membership to be created, please. Honestly, I don't know that there's one particular day. And the beauty of that answer is that we were very aware of what supported us, what served us, what we witnessed serving people around us and the fact that there was a severe deficiency of it. So it felt like it was this kind of constant running list in our heads of like, that thing's not happening enough. Yeah, that thing's not happening. I really wish I had that. So-and-so really wishes they had that. And we just kind of hit this point where we were like, that's it, that's it. There is no way that we can wait for other people to build what we know needs to exist because why is it that there's this huge hole when it comes to support, connection, conversation, moving beyond just, you know, being very business and transactional, but also understanding that we're not leaving the business part behind. It just, it just wasn't happening. And we were like, we're not going to tell anybody else anymore what we need and to repeatedly have those needs not met. We're going to create it ourselves. Yeah, when I think back to the beginning phase of what we created here through Pause in the Play, I'll say that we had started to already build in our lives and in our businesses kind of an ecosystem of support and conversation. And we loved having conversation with each other as two best friends for many, many years. 
Uh, and so when we expanded that to include a podcast where people got to kind of be a fly on the wall and listen to our conversations, <laughs> we're like, something's missing here. People are passively listening, but there's no place to continue this conversation and to really begin to see in action what it looks like to build the kind of relationships that we've been lucky enough to build in our lives to where it goes beyond just talking business, but actually talking about what's happening in the world and digging deeper and really being able to support each other in a more relationship-based way instead of the transactional way that Erica mentioned. I want to point out, you did something, I feel like that's so classic entrepreneur. You saw a problem and you solved it. Specifically, we often see problems we ourselves are experiencing. We're like, okay, we need to solve this. And then it turns into something so much bigger than you expect. The one thing that I think as a coach, I don't find that this piece gets addressed very often. And I find some people that when they acknowledge what is missing or what needs to be created, they create what they would want. They create around themselves. And I think that that can be a, um, a common and not done intentionally, but still perpetuated whatever it did. Um, it's a mistake that's that's happening because you're creating something based around you. But then when you realize like, wait, I don't want this to be about me or I can no longer get what I need because I have to be the facilitator or I have to be the leader. And there always needs to be that very conscientious understanding that you are here to hold space or to facilitate, but you, you're, you're not going to be able to participate in the same way if you are the facilitator, you are the leader, you are the face of this, this brand and this space. And I think we had a very conscious understanding of that. And again, in the coaching space, I think it's way too easy to put ourselves in this place of, I need to create what I would have wanted. And we forget that it's not about us. Well, and I think it's also easy to forget the difference between a coaching space and a community. It can be very easy as a coach to think that you're building a community when really you've built an extension of you showing up to coach people. Yes. And that's not what we intended to create at all. Yes, <laughs> that too. So let's go back in time a little bit. Tell me uh, when exactly did the community itself launch? What year? <laughs> we both had to take a deep breath because oh 2020 um you didn't know what was going to happen until it had already happened so <laughs> we had started with uh creating some in-person events to test out little things here and there because we knew we wanted our community to be online um and so bringing in people from our network trying different types of events um in person and kind of taking that data, that information and saying, okay, now how can we take some of the things that we had already been doing in person and bring that online? And so we plan to launch our community in March of 2020. Um, actually, we were launching it simultaneously with an event that some of your listeners may have heard of called Alt Summit, because we were also speakers at Alt Summit. Um, <laughs> and then while we were at Alt Summit, that's when the quarantine started and all of the COVID-19 news began to really like ramp up. To be honest, I don't even watch the news. So I didn't realize any of this was happening until it was already happening. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we need to refigure out this launch <laughs> midway through it. Right. So 
what was your goal with the first launch of the site? What like what were you did you have a big goal, a small goal? What were you like, okay, this is success today for us? You know, honestly, I think that many people can use the word launch and attach that to numbers and figures. And for us, it was completely a goal of having something that felt like it was aligned with our intentions of creating a very safe and inclusive space for people to have the conversations that they feel like there's nowhere else to have them and also find people who are values aligned to further their relationships and business together. And for us, if we had succeeded at that from start to finish and the way that we were inviting people in, the way that they were welcome once they joined, the process to even become a member, and then also what was happening once they're in the space, to us, that was success. So I feel like I need to say that because I know that many people think of launch as being a very technical process with uh, lots of ads and here's the number goal that we have. And for us, we've not really approached our business in that way. So we totally did not have a number goal of members and things like that. It's completely is, is this in line with what we intended to happen here? And was it in line? Did the launch, when you launched it, did you feel like, yes, we hit the goal. This is in alignment of what we're intending to create. Because sometimes you create something and it kind of it kind of runs away with you, right? Um, yeah. And so, so did it? Did it really hit you in the right way? To me, uh, I mean, it was definite, the definite yes, because we number one didn't realize that what we had created and launched in March. Number, we kind of had a captive audience because everybody was forced to be at home, but then we didn't know what was coming in June of 2020, and so we created the space where conversations about things that people didn't know how to have in other uh, spaces or that were being had and they were going awry to know that it was not only safe based on what we said, but that they could access what felt like safety to them because too often the words, you know, the concept of safe spaces is thrown around and I can't decide what is safe for someone else. However, I can, you know, facilitate and and hold a space in a way that I hope that what you have access to here and what is kept out with, you know, safety in mind can allow you to have access to that. And so for us, it was making sure that that was there because we also knew firsthand what it was to be in a space and it wasn't safe, which automatically meant that the types of dynamics and conversations and, you know, just connections that we were hoping to build, they wouldn't have been able to happen without that. Yeah. And I think um, it's easy to think of 2020 post Black Lives Matter in June uh, movement and the murder of George Floyd and think that when we mentioned those kinds of conversations, we're specifically talking about that. But reminding you back to March, I mean, people were having conversations about getting refunds on things that they had invested in, whether or not they should cancel their events, um, really making difficult decisions and wanting to have a, a space to talk that through with other business owners, other professionals that were looked at as leaders within their industry. Everything from that to, you know, how can we support our team? You know, what does childcare look like? Um, how do we transpa- transition people into working from home if they were previously in an office? And so there's just so much happening at that time that I think many people are still in shock. And so it really did provide that space to to have these conversations and to also know that people would be able to come back with experiences and here's what I'm going through and how I'm navigating it and not here's me telling you what I think you need to do. 
Yeah, the experience share is so powerful, almost more so than advice in many cases of just, here's what happened with me. Here's what I learned from it. Take of it what you will, but it's just so helpful to hear that. I know for me personally, I've I've always been in a mastermind and my mastermind through the COVID period especially was just priceless to be like, what is going on, you guys? You know, and and just hearing the different experience shares as, as entrepreneurs are handling all of the things you brought up. It was yeah. powerful because being an entrepreneur is in some cases a lonely choice. And you often start off by yourself. And so, you know, it can getting these groups, getting access to rooms where you're having conversations like you just described, and you can feel like you can be honest and you don't have to put your best foot forward always, but just be like, Hey, I'm struggling with X. Who's, who's had this struggle. It can be life-changing for your business. So the space you've created is amazing. So you've been doing this membership community for a couple of years now. We're coming up on your two-year anniversary, I think, right? Is that right? Yes. That's awesome. (laughs) Congratulations. A lot of coaches want to do membership sites. This is something for a variety of different things and for a couple of reasons. One, um, it's an interesting business model to have recurring revenue. Two, the community aspect I think really appeals to a lot of us who want to coach because we like being able to develop communities of people. So when you launched this, tell me, where did you spend most of your time to start to build it and grow it? Mm. <laughs> That's a good question. I wish I could see Erica's face while she's thinking about the answer to that. <laughs> well, because because I, I, I think of a few things. I know for a fact that, you know, we did think about, you know, what we were bringing in, what we felt like we wanted to provide as starting places for the conversations. And I know that like for me, the safety was definitely a big one and wanting to make sure that people could be open and transparent because I think a number of the things that, um, Christy, you mentioned that really benefited you in your masterminds, I think without that safety, you are not able to be as transparent or as honest about those things that you're like, I don't know this, or this didn't go well, or what did I miss? And I think that's where so much growth lies. And without knowing that you're in a space where people are not going to chastise you for what you didn't know, or why you didn't do better. And it's more of like, hey, I'm sharing this because I'm really trying to navigate my way through it. I think that made such a difference, especially because over time that has continued to evolve. And I think if we didn't really plant those seeds purposefully in the beginning of reminding people like, you know, you can be transparent, you can share with one another, you can ask questions and know that I don't really know what the answer to this is. I don't even know if I'm asking a true question here. I might just be dumping and I'm just trying to navigate it. And knowing that sometimes that might just be what you need to do. You just need to get it out. And I think that reminding people that regardless of what it is that's going on, externally in the world, that there is a place that you can navigate the personal pieces, the work pieces, the interpersonal dynamics, and figuring out what else is there that maybe I need to reconsider as a part of, you know, what I think is normal or a part of my imperfect allyship. I think that really planting those seeds for that to be there was something that we were very, very aware of. Yeah. And I think that um, from a tangible standpoint, some of what that looked like as far as spending time or resources or 
money on building up the community um, looked like interviewing potential members, uh, people who were already in our network that we thought would be a good fit, putting out surveys and really getting down to how do people want to feel in a communal space that is allowing them to talk about the things, again, that are not necessarily even allowed to be talked about in many spaces like racism, voting, politics, all of the no talk or don't talk about that conversations, our space is for that. So I think for us, it was really important, maybe even more so than other communities, though it is super important in other types of business communities too, to ask your people, how do they want to feel and give them some emotional, like, feeling word options, excited, inspired, you know, what is that? And then also surveying them on how they don't want to feel. What is like the worst possible way you could feel in a communal setting? And being able to take those answers and reformulate that energy into every decision that you make from the foundation of the space. Um, The other thing that we looked at was tangibly going into our own values as a brand. Um, And because we own this company together and we have companies that we own separately as well, um, figuring out what values carry over, how are they different than the values we have for our own separate businesses and personal brands? What do those values look like in action? So if we say we value inclusivity, what are the actions we do take and don't take because of that? Instead of just saying, oh, (laughs) we want to be inclusive, Mm -hmm. but literally what are the actions that back that up? And then how do we also look at the foundation from how we market the space, what topics we cover, our onboarding process, our community manifesto, our guidelines within the space and our rules? How do they all support these values and these ways that people want to feel? And how do we eliminate as much as possible the emotions that people do not want to feel in our space. We spent a lot of time on those things. So I just want to recap that because you said it beautifully, but I don't want anyone to miss anything and tell me if I if I get this recap wrong. But the first thing to grow the community that you mentioned was you did a lot of marketing through your network and talk just talking to people, conversations, who would be right to be in this community. So it was very organic. The second mm-hmm. thing you did was you you really thought about the community itself. And so you did surveys and other things to make sure that what you were building was in alignment with what people wanted and you were having holding the space and creating the space that was really going to serve your people in the best possible way. So you spent a lot of time just digging into that part of it. And the third was you thought about your values, your own personal values that you guys have. You're the first uh, interview I'm doing, which is a two people um, running company versus one uh, CEO, if you will. So I love this part <laughs> of the conversation and how you can apply those values to both create the best possible experience for your people and for yourselves in terms of what you're building and how you want to, how you want to build it. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the yeah. one thing I would add to that is alignment and integrity is so important to us. And so having those answers really led us to be able to go into our weekly meetings with each other and say, okay, are we still in alignment with what we intended? Are we still with an integrity of what we were trying to build? And really being able to evaluate yes or no in some areas, or maybe how we can be even more aligned, or how we can shift using this platform to that platform. Um, We moved off of Facebook out of some of these meetings and questions because 
Facebook was not aligned with our values and how they're running their business. Um, and so we moved our community at one point, um, actually pretty early in the process. It was what, two months in Erica? Yeah, no more, no more than three. It was yeah. pretty quick. And for a lot of people, they were like, uh, please, thank you. Yesterday, now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We very quickly moved our community off of a Facebook group to Mighty Networks um, to where it has its own space, its own separate ecosystem, its own notifications and no distractions and political noise, but also because, again, that safety is one of the most important things. And so uh, knowing that people will be using the words white supremacy, uh, racist, and how an algorithm on Instagram or Facebook can begin to perceive that and influence the content that someone does or doesn't see based on the conversations they're having in a private community. We're like, oh, we have to move it off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, I, I 100% agree with you on, on values. And I love that you did something that was in alignment with your own personal values. And it was also immediately reflected by your community. They'd been wanting it as well. And how it's so good if you really know what your values are as a coach and as an entrepreneur how just living those values can actually create a stronger community um, or a stronger program or product. Coaches are going to want to know this. If you could ballpark it for me, what did you spend to kind of get this up and running from idea to people are now paying us to join this community? I would say it was probably about, we invested in a, a cart system. And if your people are into like the nitty gritty technical of that, we invested in Thrivecart to handle our payment processing. Uh, and I want to say that was around, Eric, you handle the finances. That was almost 600. And Thrivecart is a plugin for WordPress, correct? Am I right on that? Mm -hmm. And we use it as standalone. Um, gotcha. Okay. So 600 for Thrivecart. Anything else? At that point, I think we were probably using, um, what was it, Active Campaign a little bit more in the very beginning. So there was that yeah, our email marketing. And we were able to, um, at the time, in building out that list, because it was so small, get on their smallest plan. So probably about $10 a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as I think like zooming out, right, we're looking at probably a total of like $1,000 or less to get this community up and running. I mean, it's something that I think many people will find doable in their business if they decided to just do it tomorrow. <laughs> right. I agree. And and I think the biggest thing is a lot of the things that we've invested in over time, we've moved to annual because, of course, for a lot of things, annual saves money. But give yourself the space to do a little bit of testing and tweaking. Um, if you don't have an email provider that you already like or you're not sure of what level is going to work for you, start out at the lower level. You can always upgrade it. Or if you want to migrate somewhere else, you have done it and you have not invested a lot of time and effort into having to worry about the migration. We did not have anything before that um, addressed some of the accessibility concerns. We now use Searchy, which is another expense, but that's something that makes sure that all of our videos um, have transcripts to them. And these are things that aren't currently built into Mighty Networks that we felt as though it was important for us to be able to kind of bridge those gaps. So being able to make sure that we had these other platforms to help with that in the very beginning if you do Mighty Networks, if you, you know, if you don't want to do Facebook, just starting with just do month to month until you figure out what you want to do. If you're like, yes, this is going to work. I've gotten feedback from others as to how this is going to work. I think this is where I want to go. Great. But start with like least viable product. 
in the very yes. beginning until uh, until you can play around and decide. I preach that. I preach that. I'm same, same always. I'm like, what is the absolute minimum thing I can do to get this program off the ground? Right. And it's usually way less than you think. Right. And especially because a lot of things, honestly, it was it was Google Docs. It was planning out workflows and what were going to be SOPs and what do we want to live somewhere or what's the script that goes into something. And so things like that are you know, what, I don't know how much G Suite is, let's say five to $10 a month, but use the things that you're already using and then figure out what you want to put in, but don't look at the big shiny object out there of like, I need that and I need all of it right now. You don't know what that is. I mean, that's just like if somebody was like, I don't have one and I want to start it now and I want Infusionsoft. Nobody told you to go get Confusionsoft today. Confusionsoft. Nobody told you to do that. I am so surprised they're still in business, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, don't do that. Yeah, if I could add to that, what any entrepreneur needs is to prove their product and that that's what they want to do and it's going to work, you know, and so get get, once you've proven it, you can invest even more. No, I completely agree with what you said. And also everyone is different, right? So I might absolutely love using one software and to someone else's brain and how their brain works, they might hate it. So Mm -hmm. I have totally found that for us, what's always worked well is doing free trials of things just to see like and testing out a couple of different softwares, a couple of different solutions to this technique that we have and then discovering from those trials which one makes the most sense for how both of us work because we are both owners and we we think and operate very differently when it comes to the nitty-gritty tangibles so finding that happy medium between the two those trials will let you land on what works and then you know that you've made an educated decision of this is what I really enjoy and you can stick with it with confidence and do what works for your team not just you Yes. Just saying. So for any coaches who want to go down this route of starting a membership community and building out something, what are your top three tips today? You're like, okay, top three tips today for new coaches. Ooh, can I kick it off? Yes. I would say to be very clear on what type of membership do you have? Is this a coaching membership or is this a community? Because they are run completely different from each other. The most important thing that I can give as advice is if that decision is you want a community, every single action that you or your community manager takes each day needs to be with the intention of getting your community members to contribute and to communicate and build relationships with each other instead of looking to you for content and looking to you for answers. Um, That's one of the biggest mistakes I see people who come from the coaching industry creating communities um, can make is coaching in the communal space and not having a clear boundary between when are we coaching and when is this community activity. I love that. Erica, what's your next tip? Know your values. If you are going in to create any type of membership, whether it is coaching or whether it is a community, if you have no idea of what matters to you, why, and what that's going to look like in action, it's not going to happen because you don't have clarity on how you're going to respond versus react. You don't have clarity on what matters and why you are choosing to do certain things over others. You also don't have clarity on what the outcome is that you're looking for. So if you have not given yourself that opportunity to pause 
and be really clear on what are my values with this? What is it that I'm bringing into this space? What do I actually want these members to do together so that I'm not the one in here having to do everything? And what are the outcomes that I hope for them? And how does that tie into these values so that it doesn't feel disjointed? If you don't know those things, it's gonna feel really clunky. And I think you're gonna have a hard time feeling like you can get like traction going. Mm, I love that. Oh, this is gold, you guys. Gold. Can we have one more top tip for someone thinking about this? Oh, for some reason, my gut is leaning me towards the thing that we get asked about the most. It wouldn't be my top tip, but I feel like we are asked about it the most from our clients and our members. And that is having very clear guidelines. What are the rules of what can happen in this space? And what can't happen in this space? And how are you going to handle and moderate any type of deviation from that? And being really consistent with that. And know that there are two pieces to it. There is a terms and conditions agreement or contract that you're going to have people sign (laughs) from a legal standpoint. Um, There's some really great ones that we partnered with AWB Law Firm on that address diversity, equity, inclusion, hate speech, Um, refunds all the business side and the DEI components that many contracts miss. And then also remember that anyone who is signing something or checking a box when they pay for something, they're reading it, but they really just want to get signed up. So you need to find what are the most important things from that terms and condition agreement to carry over into plain English into your community, into some type of community manifesto or community guidelines, and have that posted in a place where your community manager, or if you're running it yourself, you can point to it anytime when someone violates that. So it takes out the whole idea that you've singled them out or that you um, have personalized this in any kind of way. And it's just like, no, these are the rules for everyone. And I've removed this post or I've done this action because of rule number whatever. And I would say a bonus to that is remembering that while these things can feel very strict or legalese or not so fun as you're hearing me mention them, um, you can make them fun. That community guidelines or manifesto can totally be written or communicated in the energy that your people said they wanted to feel. If they want to feel excited and expired, remind them of why as you're laying out these rules, these rules help them to feel excited and inspired. The one thing I would add with that is, and I'm going to get on my soapbox in a probably a month or so on, on our podcast and talk about this, but The big thing that I want to be the takeaway from what India mentioned that I agree 100% with is that we keep having this continuous lesson come up as a people, as a whole, that we're not getting. And as coaches, we understand that when lessons continuously show up, there's obviously something we still need to learn here, something we didn't get. And there's this continuous lesson We've watched it play out through 2020 when people had communities and things weren't governed as well or things weren't clear and things went sideways. Uh, We're seeing that happen right now. Um, At the time recording, beginning of 2020, we've, again, somebody that didn't have clear parameters and what happens when they go sideways. And so I want people to remember that when these things happen, they immediately feel urgent. I got to fix it now. 
And the reality is, is that this lesson keeps coming up because we're not getting the lesson. And if we are clear about what is and is not okay and what happens if something that's not okay does occur, like what's next, then we don't have to worry about the urgency of it. We don't have to worry about the singling out. We don't have to worry about the scrambling and the, oh my God, what do I do? And who's a part of this? And what is the next thing to happen if we pause in the very beginning and we create rules and boundaries and parameters that create a container that we don't have to worry about things going off the rails. And so if we can do nothing but to watch the stories happening around us and to take the cues from it and to really understand that we have to be clear on what happens here, what doesn't happen, and what happens if something goes wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm nodding my head so hard because I love this wisdom. So everyone listening, please like re-listen and then take notes because this will save you. What what you guys just shared is going to save so much time, stress and tears. Seriously. <laughs> so I just have it. Please, everyone, please listen to this part again because it is so important. So in keeping with our game show theme, we want to close out with a fun game. And this game, as always, is brought to us by two things, chocolate and awesome. The chocolate this week is Godiva chocolate. It's not usually my favorite of the Belgian chocolates, but my husband got all darks and I am supportive of all dark chocolate. Yes, (laughs) me too. (laughs) And the awesome is our program, Build a Real Business. If you need help building your coaching business and you want amazing support, training, and community, then learn more over at coachpony.com forward slash barb dash invite. That's B-A-R-B dash invite. So are you guys ready to play higher or lower? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just to remind you of the rules, there are no rules, except I will be asking questions and making wildly inaccurate guesses. And I hope everyone listening plays along and it's a way for us to learn just a little bit more about your business. When you launched two years ago, you had a price for Pause in the Play membership community. The current price, I believe, is $97 per month, or you can pay a little over 1000 annually and save some. I'm going to say the initial price was lower, and my guess, just because I'm just having fun with this, I'm going to say it's lower, and my guess is that it was $50 initially to join Pause on the Play. Higher or lower? Higher. Oh, Higher. awesome. What was it? Was it 97 Yes. It, it, it was and it is. However, it will not be staying that. So if, oh. if you want to join us, did you do it before that changes? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Get in while the getting is good, you guys. Okay. I'm going to say you have a gorgeous page where people can learn about enrollment and to join it. And I'm going to say that this is the third iteration of your page in two years, explaining pause on the play and the membership, higher or lower? Lower. Is this your first? (laughs) I am all sorts of wrong today. I think it's the second. second. Is that accurate, Erica? Second. Yeah, it's the second. Nice. Well done. And it's in process for an update. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm like so close. I feel like I'm on the cusp. I'll only talk to you guys like so it's like later. almost third. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say when you, uh, the number of days to when you decided, or let's, let's go with months, the number of months to when you decided to do this and when you launched the actual membership site, I know you're soft testing it. I'm going to say two months. Higher or lower? higher i I don't know if it was a whole lot higher though am i close (laughs) 
or, or hold on are we counting from idea or like a clear notification that this is going to be an online space instead of a physical space Ooh, i'm gonna go from idea to oh, this is an online space that was like at least a year yeah because it started as as a podcast accidentally <laughs> it's a long story <laughs> that it was like oh oh no this is this is more than this and then it became what we now know today as pause on the plate the community so yeah it's about right but from the moment you're we like we're building an online community to when the online community was available to people to join it was only a couple of months a couple of months after we decided to be online instead of in person yes mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's always fun to know what people do in the time and what's possible, right? And so this is awesome information. So thank you guys so much for joining us here on the Coach Pony Podcast. Can you please tell everyone listening where to find you and especially where to find the Pause on the Play membership? Of course. You can learn more about both of us over at pauseontheplay.com. We have an incredible podcast as well called Pause on the Play, where we have tons of conversations with really cool guests about everything from diversity, equity, inclusion, to what's happening in the world, to things that get you to reconsider your normal. And I'll let Erica talk to you about the community. The community (laughs) is a space where we have all different types of people that they work in different areas, different industries, they're different ages, they identify differently, they have different familial structures, and that's what makes it so rich. It's an opportunity to have conversations through DEI and everything around it, involved with it, because DEI is not one thing you do, it is how you do all things. So branding and visibility is also going to be addressed through that lens of DEI. If you would love to learn more about the trainings that we have, the people that are in the room, the conversations and connections that are being fostered, come on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. I love that. Pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been an awesome experience and really interesting insight into a membership community that's so um, purposefully structured and built. And I love that. So thanks. Thank you for having me. As always, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with another coach. And if you need more practical business help for the love of chocolate, please go to coachpony.com and sign up for a free guide and business training designed to help you get paying clients. We'll see you over at www.coachpony.com.